You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, January the 15th, 2021. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Eric Sprott is unavailable this week as he uh, is still tending to some family health matters. Want you to know, though, he very much appreciates all of the well wishes and prayers that have been sent his way and for his family and uh, might as well keep those going and hopefully we'll get him back soon. In the meantime, hey, we've got Chris Vermeulen of the Technical Trader setting in. And I know Chris is a very popular sub for Eric. He's one of Eric's favorite technical analysts. So great to have him join us. Chris, thank you very much for your time this morning. Hey, uh, thanks. Pleasure, pleasure to be here, Craig. And we're going to be talking about lower prices again today. Uh, not <laughs> off to a good start of the year, but fundamentally things seem to be improving all the time. Uh, that makes a case for buying the physical dip. If the digital markets are going to sell off, it gives you an opportunity to uh, add to your stack at lower prices. Sprott Money is the place to do that. Great deals on bullion and coins. Great deals on uh, helping you to store that metal as well. Again, just call us anytime. 888-861-0775. Or, of course, just visit SprottMoney.com. And you'll find everything there as well. Chris, um, gosh, we were having a pretty good week after the the tough week to begin the year last week. Uh, unfortunately, all of those gains from Monday through Thursday have now been wiped out today. Uh, I'm sure this is all on your radar. What do you see here after basically two weeks of trading in 2021? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's been a pretty pretty choppy start. I mean, it obviously started out with a bang, but now we've got uh, the new stimulus plan getting digested in the markets today and that is definitely uh playing a toll when we look at the equities markets i mean it was getting a little weak in the knees the last couple of days the short-term uh sentiment and, and indicators were kind of saying hey the stock market's ready for a bit of a pullback to the 20-day moving average that's where the sp500 is is hitting today um the big question is is the stock market going to find support here or is it going to break down in a bigger way? Are we going to see that sell the news? Everyone bought the rally or bought the uh, the rumor that we we're going to get stimulus. Now it's out and now people are going to sell into the news, which is a very typical thing. And what happens in the stock market is going to, I think, directly affect what happens in the precious metals market. And um, if, the, if we see the equities start to break down and close below that 20-day moving average, we're probably going to see metals and miners get hit pretty good and, and have another leg to the downside. So definitely things are getting shaken up. There's panic in the market and the precious metals market um, and even in the stock market today. Uh, so that's a good sign that we might actually see a little bit of a bounce in a bottom. But when you look at the, the, the swing trading kind of momentum over the next two or three weeks, the charts to me for gold, silver and miners are actually still pointing to um, quite a bit lower prices from where we are. You know, I might add something that I've been telling people on my site. Uh, one, you know, you talk about the next couple of weeks. Well, the next Fed meeting is coming up a week from Wednesday. That will conclude on Wednesday, January 27th. Might be interesting to see uh, how things have changed since December for the FOMC. Another thing, you know, uh, and you and I have discussed this, is uh, the last seven years for gold have been positive in January, all of them, seven in a row, green Januaries. However, you go back a little further, everybody remembers the great year 2011 and how we hit those uh, new all-time highs back then in uh, September 2011. 2011 actually began 
negative 6.4% for gold. And uh, as I keep saying, you know, the, the bull market will try to buck you off every chance it gets, <laughs> I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Again, fundamentally, you still see some strength, but it's just time to be cautious. Yeah, well, we've seen gold have a, a really good rally. I mean, it broke out in 2019. It broke out a long time ago, and it's having this great big uh, bull flag formation. It's, it's working itself out. I mean, when you look at the size of the pattern from the 2011 top to a multi-year basing formation, like a rounding formation, and now it's rallied up to new highs, I mean, it could really trade sideways here for another 6, 12, 18 months, and it would actually still be a very well-balanced bull flag and a bullish chart pattern Um, so these major trends i mean i know we all want the price to go up and up and up like bitcoin has but that is not sustainable we're used when something goes straight up it's going to have to either pause or come straight back down and so gold's had that run up when you look at the monthly chart 20 uh, 2019 to where we are a beautiful rally and a sideways consolidation here is very bullish as long as it breaks to the upside and really doesn't break those lows that we saw um, back around 1770. Um, we want to really kind of hold above that ideally, but charts look really good from a long-term standpoint going forward. And it's going to try to buck you off these, these plays. That's what the, during bull markets, some of the strongest pullbacks are in a bull market, just like some of the strongest rallies are in a bear market. So it's just the way the markets move. It makes it very difficult. It's very efficient in trying to pull money out of people. <laughs> right, right. You know, Chris, what do you think of, um, uh, I want to ask you about the bond market, you know, because so much of this trading uh, here in the 21st century is done by uh, pre-programmed computer algorithm, you know, where a computer sees, if you will, you know, movement in uh, the bond market or movement in the dollar and then reacts by buying or selling this and that. And uh, gold is obviously taken it in the shins here over the last week or so by a rise in nominal interest rates, um, you know, with the bond market selling off. Do you follow the bond market? Do you see anything interesting there? Um, any levels to watch? Yeah, like I do follow the bond market. We could look at um, the ZB futures mm-hmm. uh, bond there. I, it's got a very similar type of pattern. It's in a big bull flag. I feel like if it can get stability and close and hold above the 50-day moving average, I think it could it could still have another big leg to the upside. Now, that'll mean we're probably seeing the stock market, some type of negative event happen where it's starting to rally. But uh, right now, it's clearly in a downtrend. It's in kind of a bear market here. I wouldn't be touching bonds. I do think they are holding up very well. And I think they are going to have some type of run later this year that could be very significant, it could bring bring it back up to uh, last year's kind of not the all-time highs, but the highs that we saw back in April and in March, uh, things like that. So I like bonds. It gives me a good idea of what the investors are doing. And investors are definitely still putting money into bonds because it's not collapsing. And so there's a, definitely a stream of money going there because a lot of like a lot of investors really don't know what else to do, right? They're either right. their advisor says, "Well, if you're scared, just put more into bonds," and that's what the masses do, and that's why bonds are holding up. Um, the fundamentals in the stock market and the fundamentals, um, the way price is moving for gold versus the fundamentals, like nothing makes sense. And so there's a lot of confusion and the masses are confused and they're, they continue to buy bonds. Obviously, it's been under pressure a little bit, but bonds overall are are showing us that fear is still very high among the average investor. They don't know what to do. 
and they're really just kind of plopping money into the bond market. How about the dollar index? You know, uh, this all gets back to my chagrin of the machines, right? Uh, Here, as we record here today, the dollar index is up about a half a point. And it's up because the primary component of the dollar index is the euro. And the euro is down today because, uh, I guess, because it looks like the Pfizer vaccine is being rolled out very slowly in Europe. So if you connect the dots and square the circle, gold is down today because the Pfizer vaccine is being rolled out slowly in Europe. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But we'll watch the dollar, obviously. I mean, to me, it looks like 91 on the weekly chart seems to be an important level. What do you see? Yeah, I I think the dollar could be setting up a lot like what we saw from uh, 2017 down to the 2018 lows. It's actually a very similar percentage-wise. It's almost the exact same move. The chart patterns have moved very similar when you look at it on the on the weekly chart. Uh, we could see this dollar put in a, a, a pretty strong bounce. I was just talking about it a couple of days ago that um, the dollar, if it finds support here, has the potential to have this massive kind of rally that's going to catch most people off guard because obviously stimulus should mean lower dollar, but the markets never do exactly what we expect or, or follow the fundamentals. And we could have a very big rally to 94 or 95 on the on the U.S. dollar index, which is a long ways up. If that is the case, metals and miners are going to be dormant and trading sideways to lower for several months as that unfolds. Uh, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world for metals, but it's going to postpone that next major leg to the upside. And in a perfect world, we probably see the dollar bounce up to that 94 area. And then eventually we start to see it head down and then break this, you know, this 89 level eventually yeah. and, and really collapse. And that's when gold and silver, I think, will have a very big move, which would be late this year. But uh, I think it's still in, in the cards, but it's just maybe not right away. Right, right. No, I agree with that. You know, it, it, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. and probably wouldn't surprise you if instead of, as we've seen the last two years, gold and silver rallying the first eight months and consolidating the last four. Maybe we'll consider to consolidate the first four and rally the last eight. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, I want to ask you about the shares. Um, talk about a bull flag. You know, you look at something like the GDX on the monthly chart and it looks beautiful, but it's still in that bull flag consolidation. Can't seem to break out. Is that what you see as well? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's, um, would be nice if we could find some traction here. But when you look at the monthly chart and the size of that pattern, GDX, it can still fall all the way down to roughly, you know, $31, $31 a share. And it's still actually a very bullish sign. It's actually had kind of a, a first move and then it's had a pause the last three months. So if it came all the way down to 31, it would kind of be an ABC, a three wave correction. And it would be the that this next little leg down to 31 which is actually what's going to flush the market out and, and spook um, the average holder out of their play. And that's what creates that fear. It's what creates a bottom in a market when people panic out. There's going to be a, a lot of levels kind of triggered there. So I think it still has room to go to the downside. But overall, it has a series of major uh, higher lows, a series of major uh, higher highs. And so it's in an uptrend. It's just in a consolidation phase. Um, so I, I like them, but... I mean, definitely not favorable. They're they're actually, I follow a hot list, this band hot list, which is the best mm-hmm. asset now. I, I focus on which ones are outperforming, and believe it or not, and this this I think drives some of my subscribers crazy is 
GDX is the bottom of the barrel. It's actually the worst <laughs> sector based on all of our analysis. And I know most of my followers own it because I have a lot of gold bugs. Uh, and, and even silver miners is now down at the bottom. It's like fifth worst of all of the sectors that we follow, like 40 of them. And people are like, well, how can it be down there? I'm like, because price is not favorable for them right now. I mean, we closed out our SILJ position um, right when it hit that double top, uh, around 11% gain. We kind of moved out of it uh, last week um, because we were having early warning signs that, hey, things are shifting. We need to be super defensive here. It's better to be protective of our money. We can always get back in later. And so, I mean, it's worked out really well from that standpoint, but they're not in favor right now. They're not a sector that I want to get into. I mean, we just moved out and we dodged a bullet, thank God. But um, it has a lot of work to be done before it climbs the scale and goes to our best assets uh, in terms of where do we want to deploy our capital when the stock market starts a new leg up, when the dollar starts to roll over, when all these things come into favor, we'll reanalyze that. Until then, I mean, we're focusing on other sectors. The, the EV market is still on fire. I mean, a lot of these sectors in, in the marijuana sector is on fire. So we're following and moving with those uh, versus the metals right now because the metals are just out of favor. This is a time to like accumulate. Um, but in terms of the shares, uh, I'm not too excited about owning them right at the moment. You dodged that bullet in SLJ and it hit me. Yeah, yeah, we it was yeah, totally. I mean, we had an upside target using Fibonacci extensions. It hit that target. We got out. It was, believe it or not, it was the exact same target that we had for GDXJ back in. I think it was uh, was it February? It was. I think it was February um, when GDXJ gapped sharply higher just before the market collapse. Uh, we saw this massive move. Um, yeah, it was February twenty fourth or fifth there. Um, we it hit it actually gapped above our Fibonacci extension target, the same setup we just had in SILJ, and we closed it at the opening tick at the high, and then GDXJ fell like 57%. Um, so when I told subscribers that when we got out of our SILJ, I'm like, guys, just think back. Here's the last time we had this exact setup. Let's take our money. If it runs without us, you know, it's not the end of the world. Right. Uh, let, let's just lock it in and we can re-enter on the first pause or pullback if it continues up. Um, so that kind of settled people's nerves, realizing, you know, I mean, now it's played out perfectly. It's falling to the downside. We we'll, might be able to reload at a much lower price yet. So, you know, a lot of people like to criticize technical analysis, but I held my SLIJ calls yeah, because uh, earnings season is pending here for a couple of weeks. So, you know, and then we gapped down Friday, so I didn't really get a chance to get out. And, well, how's that worked out so far? The only thing I have left going for me, Chris, is a little bit of time. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as you bought some uh, options for far enough out or exactly. you're playing a, exactly. a detailed strategy with Theta Decay or something. <laughs> hey, you left me with a, a final question that just kind of, I don't know, I don't know how many people here are interested in Bitcoin or some of the cryptocurrency, but you'd mentioned uh using Fibonacci levels when you get into kind of uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of folks, if they own any of these cryptos at all, they see them in uncharted territory. Maybe, you know, Ether or Litecoin's still below its their all-time highs, but everybody knows Bitcoin's just blasting higher. How does someone go about trying to use technical analysis when you're in these uncharted new all-time high territories if you're an aggressive trader? Yeah, so I use a few different ways. Bitcoin, um, 
I mean, I just quickly drew the Fibonacci uh, targets for Bitcoin of where if this is a, a little pause, it can. Well, I, it's, I wouldn't say little, but if this is a pause in Bitcoin right now over the last week, uh, if this continues up, the next two upside targets are forty six thousand seven hundred. And then it goes to 56,000 after that. That is where this the most recent rally from the December lows to the recent high we saw just like five trading sessions ago, six trading sessions ago. Um, and then you you peg peg that off the low when that when Bitcoin fell 20 percent in one day, um, you peg it off that low. And the upside targets, I mean, this could be an explosive move. I know there's a lot of people talking about, you know, 50,000 plus Bitcoin. And, and that's what the chart is pointing to. If this trend is intact, it's going to 56,000. Um, it's got a very similar chart pattern that we see on pretty much every asset that goes parabolic. If you're to kind of squish the chart and, and, and kind of look at a bigger time frame, it looks like it's going straight up. And in the last month, we've seen a couple big gaps on the chart where Bitcoin gaps up on the futures and then continues to rally. It did it again a couple days later. Then it, it, it rallied significantly and then fell like 20 percent. Um, all these are signatures that, you know, it's in a parabolic stage. It's very unexpected what's really going to happen here. But if this momentum continues for another leg up, it's going to have that rally. And the key here is let me just grab the levels. So if it breaks um, more or less 43,000 and to the upside, then it's probably going to 40, more or less 47 and then 56. If it breaks below and closes below the uh, 31,500, uh, it could it could very quickly collapse right back down to around 17,000. So it is in this super volatile pattern. If it has legs, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to skyrocket. It could go much more parabolic than just 56. It could, it you know, this type of phase is like, the tulip bubble. It could go up to like a, you know, hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Uh, so it's a roller coaster ride to me. It's a crazy high risk bet. Um, you have to put small positions in because you're gonna, you're gonna see a, you know, a massive, fifty percent or hundred percent move in this very quickly. Um, so yeah. Well, that's helpful too, though, because we are even if you don't own Bitcoin, uh, at least we hope. Uh, if not plan for maybe some new all-time highs in gold later this year. And then you'll be in uncharted territory there too. And you can apply some of those techniques to try to figure out where the next uh, intermediate top might be. Uh, Chris, it's always great fun to talk to you. Anything else on your mind today that you'd like to share with us? Uh, not, not at the moment. I mean, I think we kind of covered it. I think um, this. I think the stock market is starting to digest all the news. I, I, we're on the verge of seeing, I think a multi-week uh, pullback in the stock market. It could even last a couple of months. Uh, so I think it's going to become really difficult for traders. I think it's going to put pressure on metals. Uh, the only way to kind of get around this is a strategy that I use focusing on like relative strength. So we focus on the leading sectors because um, even back in September when the stock market put in a two-month, three-month uh, top, um, these leading sectors just continued to move higher and higher and higher um, and that's really, I think, something that um, listeners need to, to follow. If you're playing something that's pulling back and selling off with the market, it's not going to be favorable for those plays. So expect there to be some sideways chop and um, either just avoid it. When the market rolls over here, we're a day or two away from 
a potential sell signal in the stock market. Not that we short it, but we just close out any long positions we have because if the stock market is not favorable, we don't want to own any asset. And then when it starts to turn to the upside, hopefully in a few weeks or a couple of months, we can get back into the leading sectors. Maybe gold miners will be back up on the list by then. We'll just have to see how things unfold. But it's going to be, I think, a tough um, next uh, month or two in the markets for traders. Okay. Hey, and just one more message from Sprott Money before we go. If you enjoy these weekly wrap-up podcasts, please make sure to subscribe through your favorite platform, whether that's YouTube or Spotify or wherever you find the weekly wrap-up. Give us a subscribe, maybe a like. Uh, we hope to have Eric back soon. Next week, we'll bring back Rick Rule from Sprott, Inc., and uh, get his thoughts as 2021 begins. But for now, thank you very much, Chris. It's always great to hear from you. I appreciate you setting in this week. Hey, thanks, Craig. No problem. Anytime. And from all of us at Sprott Money News, it's SprottMoney.com. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend.